Hello. Hello. Hello, George, and hello to anyone listening. Welcome to Phone a Friend. Indeed, welcome on board. Step right in. Step right up. Please, would you like to explain a little bit about what this podcast is, George? Yeah, so here we are. This is Phone a Friend, and if you listen to this podcast, what you will be doing is you're choosing to listen in earwig on a conversation between two very close friends that don't live in the same city, don't live in the same country. Yeah. Um, but give each other a ring once a week just to check in, see how the other is doing and to share stories and to hear the other one out. How does that sound? Yes. Um, Have I got the job? I believe, you know what, I'm not sure I could do this without you. If it was just me saying, playing <laughs> both roles and saying, oh, I had another shit week. <laughs> oh, go on, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Would you do an impression of me? <laughs> no, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, something along. Oh no! I've been do, you know, do you know what? I wasn't aware of just how fucking ridiculous my laugh was until I started to do things that were kind of in the public eye, and you. You know, let's be honest, on, on Darker Nights, have I Googled, have I YouTubed myself? <laughs> uh, sh- uh, raise your hand if you think I have. Absolutely. Of course I have. But I have to say that your laugh, uh, yeah, it's distinctive, uh, but it's genuinely quite a joyous oh, laugh. Well, thank you very much. You really Is this ask... you fishing for a compliment? Do you want me to repay no, this in some way? Because, thank God. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I won't put you through that. But we we should say that this is, um, I don't know, maybe the 12th or something time we've recorded these phone calls because we've been practicing over the past few months. And so when I listen back and I hear my laugh, and this is the first mm. time I've had to go through this, um, I'm, I'm trying not to think about it because I think if I think about it too much, I'll be intentionally not <laughs> laughing throughout and you'll just be sort of giggling to yourself. Yeah, well, I would say that the thing that I've learned... Something else, actually. Sorry, we will get into the show, you know, in a second. But just while we're on this subject, something that I've noticed very early on of myself is just how much my voice changes depending on what it is I'm doing. Oh, yes. So when I'm invited onto kind of, I don't know, a late-night programme to promote something, you find yourself doing this kind of, I want everyone to be able to understand me as best as possible. Yeah. Um, and then my stage voice is kind of like I'm a bit stoned. And <laughs> But you know where that comes from is when, when we first started touring in Europe... You were stoned. I relied... I was stoned all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's where it and... came from. It's not really that much of a story. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I relied a lot on introducing songs with stories yes and i'd only gigged in the uk and i found myself getting on stage and rattling through these stories and thinking what like they're so people are bewildered yes because i'm just like a freight train in the night just hurtling through these stories yeah and um yeah so i started to slow it down and now that's kind of slow it on down yeah just bring that down a bit yeah. Yes. Well, I yeah. wonder if uh, people who are familiar with you listening um, to this will then find that you have a third voice, um, because well, this is certainly the voice I associate with you. But I yes. wonder if I mean, uh, my girlfriend certainly says that when I sp- she can she's in a, another room trying 
probably to ignore this annoying conversation, <laughs> but she says my voice completely changes. She's from, I should say, uh, she's, um, how you say, a yank. Uh, she's uh, septic Affectionately tank. known as a yank. Yes. Whoa, whoa, septic tank. I, um... Have I told you this story, though? My, uh, I've heard somebody say that before. I don't know if it was you. My brother-in-law... Uh, when he first met her, he's um, well, he's from from Essex, but he's uh, fluent in Cockney rhyming slang. And we should just say this is your sister's partner, not your girlfriend's brother, who yes, could potentially yes, also yes, be your yes. brother-in-law. That's that's true. Yes, my sister's husband. Um, and this was the first day that uh, my family were meeting uh, my girlfriend. And after a few beers, he enthusiastically said. No way, I can't do an impression of him. He'll hear this. <laughs> All right, bleep that out, but keep in the yeah. bit where I um, said I can't do an impression. So he knows I did do one, but he doesn't know what yeah. it was like. But he said, yeah. uh, do you know what we call you lot? Um, yeah. And with a grin, he was like, septics. And Cassidy was like, what? Why? That's my I hadn't heard that say. until recently. And... Um it sounds like quite like I just thought that sounds quite offensive. Yeah, I think that's I think that's how she felt. Um, yeah, septic tank yank. But oh um, no! Quickly, quickly, Ollie! Before we get into it, yeah. Oh, <sighs> uh oh! I want to let you. No, no, no! I want to let you know what's going on right now. Okay. So, I, I've been in the studio today with Joel, who I write with. Yes. And uh, we're just throwing some ideas around. There's no real like rush or you know stress to get anything in particular. So we we've done this on both records before as well. At the beginning, it's kind of a bit of a free for all. It's just let's write some stuff and you know maybe no one will ever hear it, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. And um, his studio is on the complete opposite side of London to where I am. And typical. Um, yeah, so it's like an hour commute, which is fine, but it's, it involves getting on the central line at, and because he he goes home to his family and he's got kids, and so he Selfish. wants to go and have dinner and everything. Selfish, yeah. um, but I kind of grin and bear it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it means that I have to get on the central line at kind of like six, half six, oh. and go through. Just is at is sometimes it, is it you have to wait five imagining? people to get onto the underground. So like you queue up. Mm. The doors open, two people can squeeze on, the train goes, the next one comes. So people will be listening to this like, yeah, that's fucking commuting, George, get over it. <laughs> but but it, I mean, I'm not used to it. I can't handle, I mean, uh, I've got issues with anxiety and it's usually um, about space and the tube at rush hour is probably sort of top five night terrors, the things that visit yeah. me in the night. Um and I remember once, because my fear is always that the tube's going to sh- somehow break down in the middle of the tunnel and I'll be in between, uh, you know, two bankers and they'll be, they'll probably smell of, uh, what do you reckon, like Calvin Klein or... Um, million yeah but mixed with quite a stressful day and the underground so like you can kind of smell their cologne yes but just also that you can kind of smell the weekend on them as well yes you I can, imagine yes you can smell the weekend you can smell the few pints of Stella they had 
You know, when they gather, like, um, well, in London, this is certainly true. They gather outside pubs. You can tell they're all wearing shirts, and they're all yeah, sort often of often you, you could walk down the street with your eyes closed. You can hear them. Yes. Um, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, banking, you know, all that stuff. And also, if you can tune out kind of human voices, all you can hear is people patting each other on the back. <laughs> Yeah, if you can tune out human voices, then you yeah. will be in for a treat. But, um, yeah. yeah, so I always... That's my fear going in. So quite often I will walk ridiculous lengths. I will go to great lengths to avoid. But obviously that's not really an option when you need to be there bright and early. Yeah. Like you have been. Um, no, I, I completely... Mate, I, yeah, I wouldn't... If Unless somebody had to get on this train, I wouldn't do it. Because you see humans at their worst. No one's got any time for each other. You're... You know, people... Re- you can see people act and react in a way that they never would if it wasn't for the fact that they were subterranean. <laughs> and, you know, and they've been berated at work for however long and they just want to get home. Um, you can just see it. People are tired, man. Anyway, so I always step through my door and it takes like, I don't know, it takes an hour just to come back down to earth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a haircut booked and Elliot, who cuts my hair, very kindly comes to my place to do it. Um, he's kind of like a gun for hire mm-hmm. um, that goes around. Scissors for hire, yeah. Scissors for hire. And um, so, oh, it's quite just stressed I opened up a little beer and I sat down and he was cutting my hair and we were chatting away and then I realized I had 10 minutes till me and you were going to call each other Mm. and so you know when you like you've just had a haircut and you're covered in little hairs (laughs) yes and it's very comfortable it's very uncomfortable in my experience oh okay (laughs) yeah and I was like oh have I got time for a shower and so I had a shower and then I'm now sat in front of my... For anyone listening, we record these on something called a Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, just because... The only reason I say that is because I feel like we might reference it from time yeah, to time. Yeah, the Zoom. So I'm sat in front of my Zoom <laughs> in my pyjamas and a dressing gown. Yes. And um, just before I rang you to record this, I've kind of ran the equation through my calculator on my phone. And um, just as I expected, I feel a million fucking dollars right now. <laughs> I forgot you had that app where you can yeah. see exactly how many dollars you feel like. Yeah. So I feel a million dollars and I'd just like to say it now. It's an absolute pleasure to be sat here with a beer in my hand talking to you on the phone. Wow. And um, I'm now going to give you the stage and I'd like to hear how you're doing this week. Okay. Well, firstly, I'd like to say I wish I felt the same. Um, and then I will move on and say this week has been... Fine with a capital fine. Is that fine with a PH or an F? Um, that's I'm just sticking with the the standard spelling. Just a fine. Okay. Um, I we're recording this in uh, sort of mid early December, and yes, Christmas has descended upon Barcelona, and it's got all mm. the usual nice Christmas lights, all the stuff we're familiar with. But I also thought I'd share this. Uh, Catalan tradition that's big here Um, Mm. and it's called the Tio de Nadal which translates as Christmas log Um, but it's also known as the Cagatio which translates as shit log 
And okay. I want to make clear before I go any further, um, George might suspect that I'm making this up because it sounds like the kind of thing I might... You know, got sort of a fascination with um, with <laughs> no, no, the no, body. No, 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 um, <laughs> But this is 100% true. Uh, I will send you some pictures. I'll send you some evidence. Um, there's this little thing that you buy and you put it in front of your fireplace and it's like a log with a cartoon face and a blanket over it and sometimes it's wearing a, a hat. And right. I'll just read from the Wikipedia article. It's beginning on December the 8th, you give the Tio a little bit to eat every night and cover him with a blanket so he won't be cold. So you bring right. little bits of food over in the same way maybe that you leave, like, cookies Can out. Can I just... I know this is silly. Yeah. It's not actually... It's not alive, is it, this thing? This is like a model log. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the log with a cartoon face wearing a hat is not alive. Sorry if I didn't make that clear before. Well, no, I just wondered if it was... Because like, when I've been travelling, touring, I've seen animals I would never... You know, I couldn't imagine in different countries. And I wondered if it was a... No, no, no. Spanish it's not native. like an indigenous uh, beast from... It, there, okay. there aren't forests full of cartoon-faced logs. <laughs> okay, sorry for interrupting. Although, it, as the story goes, this thing is alive. And kids give it little, like, sweets and treats. And the idea is that you fatten it up and give it so much food so that on Christmas Eve, it shits out presents for you. <laughs> and something you do to, to, to speed this process up, as Wikipedia puts it, to make it defecate, one beats the log with sticks while singing various songs. <laughs> so you batter this poor fucking log so that it... Good job it isn't alive. I know, exactly. Are the, are the RSP, you know, them, they'd be involved. The animal log. God, can I just say, I mean, for... I know kids are very cute, but they aren't half thick, are they? <laughs> Well, what about the adults that are taking part in this? They're the ones buying off, this fucking log. Yeah, is this like over here in the UK, we have, um, is it Elf on the Shelf? What's that? I'm not familiar with this. Ah, oh, hope that's what it's called. Like schools do it and you'll do it at home for your kids. And so there's this elf that you can buy and every all the parents get like a list of what the elf has to have done on that day. And so like it will be like, He's made. He's turned the chairs upside down, and so the teacher has to come in before the kids, and they know uh. that if the elf is real, then the chairs will be turned upside down when they get in. Which I just like to say is an absolute health and safety nightmare. If one of those kids got excited <laughs> and fell over, well, I think um, I think it's a bit like that. But if the elf was shitting itself, yeah, um, and and how pop because Elf on the Shelf, if that is what it's called, is really popular. Is this this um, is literally defecating log a big deal? Y yes, I mean it's everywhere. And, uh, in fact, uh, if we just hold tight for a second, I'm going to send you these pictures of... Just so you can oh, visualise okay. um, what's going on here. Yeah, this will be really fun for any of you that are listening to the podcast because well, you we can, can now edit imagine this, what we I'm can edit seeing. This out, or at least uh, the bit where I'm slowly sending you photos. Okay, but I want to <laughs> draw your attention to one of the images... 
Oh, sorry. I, do you know what? I've been picturing a, like a Yule log, like a chocolate log, this but it's an actual, an actual, like a stump of a tree. Yes. Um, it's like a, yeah, a little tree stump and it's got a kind of um, wooden nose poking out, protruding and uh, mm. a little cartoony face. And if you look at one of the images, uh, it's a sort of clip art version. Um, can you see it's weeping? It's being hit by smiling children and there's a tear falling down its eye while it's being forced to shit through violence. And this is the most wonderful time of the year. Well, you don't need to tell me that. I'm well aware of that, but I don't fucking beat a log for fun. Well, Um, maybe we could bring this Maybe this is the year to start. Yeah. Yeah. And we could sing the song that everyone sings, which translated is shit log. Shit nuggets, hazelnuts and cheese. If you don't, don't shit well, this. I'll hit you with a stick. Shit log. I don't believe that people are inviting their kids to sing that. I promise you, this is 100% true. You can, anyone oh. at home, look this up. It's called the Tio de Nadal or the Cagatio. And I want to make clear that I love other traditions and cultures. Some of my best friends are other traditions and cultures. Oh, no. <laughs> but this is something that I do find unusual. And I I mean, I quite like it, I suppose. But I do think it's quite strange that they're... What message are we sending our children? Well, well, exactly. um, You know, I understand that swearing has a place in the world. But do you really need the most beautiful time of the year? Do you need to be promoting your kids just walking around the house, beating a log and singing about... Well, Shit. yes, I think my my main issue, more than the, the swearing, is the sort of idea that when you want something to shit and when you want to get <laughs> presents from something, you batter it until it shits yeah, yeah. itself and it's on the floor in a puddle. Yeah. Do you know what I never understood at Christmas? I had a stocking, right, that mm-hmm. I think an, a relative had made me. And me, my brother and my sister each had this stocking that was like, you know pretty small and you could get these little just knickknacks in you know mm-hmm. the, on christmas morning and then i you know you start making friends at school and they would have oh yeah i have santa's sack and their parents would like would have like pillowcases and like um like huge bags just for the stockings hmm. um I... and what i'm saying is that i judge people <laughs> well me too but i yeah. Uh, I don't think we did anything like that. We just had the classic, the classic uh, stocking setup. Because why do you need a sack? I'm confused. Well, because because in more presents, people have got it in their head that uh, more gifts mean more fun, mean more love, mean. Well, you know. it does mean more love. Um, oh no! Oh no! No, not really. Oh. Shit logs, shit nuggets, hazelnuts yeah. and cheese. Um, oh, so God. that's just right, a nice so... little Christmas message from here in Barcelona. Uh, a very cagatio to you. Oh well, thank you, thank you very much. You're and welcome. If ever, if ever I get invited to turn the Christmas lights on in our hometown of Hartford, <laughs> I'll say, listen, I will entertain this proposition if I can also come and spread the good word of the, of the cagatio, the Christmas yeah, the shit log. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how have you been other than you know other than learning about other cultures yeah well um, apart from that uh, I've had you know some ups and downs um, quite a tiring week 
uh, I'm seeing a relatively new therapist and um, she's giving me a hard time. She's not letting really? me. I mean, in a in a good way, I think, but I don't know. Time will tell. Um, but I just always find it because I go to this kind of um, uh, it's like a center. They have different offices for different therapists there. So you go to the waiting room. There's like quite a few other people waiting as well, and they've made some interesting choices with the aesthetic because it's all sort of like clean white and then they've got a big uh, like canvas poster that's just a blue sky with the words calm in like a word art font across it I think the idea is that you look at it and you immediately feel calm but when I see it it just makes me feel like I'm being screamed at to be calm yeah Um, Yeah, I can imagine that but I think that might have the the opposite effect on me. I think yeah. I might just be like, oh, okay, I'm angry now. Uh, yes, I, I, <laughs> I suppose I'm not calm enough for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this week, because... Uh, look, uh, be fair to me when I say this, because this is a new therapist. Um, I went into the room... I was waiting in the waiting room, and out the corner of my eye, someone who I thought was my therapist came towards me and said, are you ready? And I immediately, I got up and I walked into the room where we usually have our sessions. I took my coat off and got my notebook out my bag. And then I looked up and realised that like it wasn't my therapist, but it was just another woman with glasses who looked not really similar at all. <laughs> um, and she was very confused. And there was a guy behind her who was clearly her actual uh What's the word? Patient? No. What's the client? Client. Client? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I sort of that really put me at ease for the for the real session. Um, I'm sorry for laughing. Oh no no good laugh. Ridiculous. Good laugh. I and you know the way I I, hanging my coat up and everything and I was just I paid no attention to my surroundings. So stupid. But um, yeah so. Whenever I, a bit like, you know, when you get off the tube and you need uh, some time to get back to normal life, um, whenever I leave any of my sessions, it's always quite weird transitioning back into, especially it's usually like the middle of the day, sun's out, but I'm feeling a bit weird and yeah, just gone through whatever some experience so you're how you you know the 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 city and the environment is kind of at odds to where your head is at yes and then um yeah it's just hard to kind of get on with the day after having an hour long like heavy conversation um yeah but we'll see how it goes it's early days is her advice in that situation does she recommend that when you leave the the session you meditate and go over what you've spoken about that week straight away? Or would she advise, you know, go out and just try and put it to the back of your mind, get on with your day and then, you know? I I, I mean, we haven't specifically talked about that, but I think the idea is that you have the the week or... uh, Because I'm seeing her weekly... um, The week to reflect, so you don't necessarily need to do it straight away. Also, you probably won't... 
uh, necessarily be your most rational self immediately after. Yes. Um, and I mean, I take a lot of notes and stuff so I can uh, go over stuff at a later time. Because um, otherwise I'd be a miserable fuck on the metro home. Just like, yeah, if yeah. I got it out immediately and started going, all right, okay, let's go over this. Well, you'd fit in in London. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we but we should also say, we should say for anyone listening that if you don't mind talking about this, recently, a few weeks ago, um, your psychiatrist kind of suggested that you do kind of like speed dating with therapists. Well, we've me and you have taken to calling it speed dating yeah, I, with I therapists. Don't think that's I a... don't think they would promote that. <laughs> I don't think that's the term he used when he when he described it to me. But yeah, so he yeah. he um, suggested that I try out a few different uh, have a session with a few different therapists who have different but in quite quick succession. Yeah, I mean, uh, within the space of a week, I saw three different people, um, and that was quite stressful as. And then it's the woman that you're seeing now uh, as a result to that experience that week. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Yeah, um, and she and my um, uh, psychiatrist then both said, like, see how it goes. Don't feel any obligation to um, stick with this if I don't think it's working, because obviously it's important to find the right person when you're going through therapy or something like that. So... Um, it's, I'm still treating it as a kind of trial period. Um, uh, and I'll see how I feel about it in a, after a bit. Well, actually I'm going to be going home for Christmas and I'm going to get out of the swing of things, but, um, we'll see how it goes. Have you ever done it with a therapist where you've, um, done it over either Skype or phone call? I've done one Skype session because um, I was feeling a bit cagatio um, and I didn't feel like I could make it to the session. So um, I talked to the therapist I was seeing at the time over Skype and I wasn't aware it was going to be video. So I was sort of um, on my bare rags um, wearing my like mucky pyjama white t-shirt and like... I'm pretty sure I was in my boxes, but luckily it was all above the the waist. But um, she called on... And I'm not very uh, familiar with Skype either, so I just sort of answered, and suddenly her face is there, and, well, more importantly, my horrible face is staring back, like, well close to the camera, <laughs> like, hello? And so, like a parent FaceTiming you. Yes. How are you doing? Uh, just chins. <laughs> A lot of gins. Um, So, I mean, it wasn't the best experience, but why is that something you've done? Um, Yeah, I I did a... um, So just for context for people listening, uh, I was diagnosed with OCD, which actually, having the diagnosis was 
brilliant and an immediate kind of weight was lifted off my shoulder mm-hmm. because it um takes some mystery it, out of it yeah yeah and also it eradicates any kind of um fear that you're a freak which i'd certainly suffered from um like assuming that i was a villain in some kind of you know yeah. horrible film um but i did an int- because of touring i did i had a week off and i um did an intensive course with her where we got together every day for five or six hours and it was absolutely draining. I bet. Um, and then we committed to phone calls once a week, you know, thereafter. Um, and it's something I'm not in touch with that therapist anymore for a few different reasons. But I, I think in the future, it, when I'm trying to find somebody to help me through um, what it is I'm experiencing... I think that I would need to find someone that is, you know, comfortable to to yeah. um, commit to phone calls, you know, yeah. most that, weeks. That's the only way it makes sense for, for you. Um, yeah. And I imagine that if it was something I did regularly rather than just once and I'd, you know, dressed the part, um, then it would be uh, perfectly fine. But um, I find here... Uh, obviously I'm, I'm in one place more often and, um, I can go to a sp- specific place when I was feeling more, cause I, last year I had long, long months where I really was struggling to leave the house. And then if something like that was happening, then, I mean, then I really should have been doing it, but I wasn't, um, I find that, and I, you know, in a future episode, I, I think it will be really good to kind of just explain to anyone listening exactly what it is that we experience as best as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that when I'm going through a kind of, it, I feel as if my symptoms are far more exaggerated when I'm either tired or under the weather or burning the candle at both ends or all of these things. Yeah. Um, really exacerbates the, the kind of symptoms, as it were. Yeah. Um, but at that point, when you're feeling weak, it's almost easier to go with it. It's kind of like yeah. a... It's like a moth to a flame. It's kind of like, oh, this is going to... This isn't going to help me. But short term, it's so much easier just to go with this thought pattern yeah. than it is to confront it. But th- So I, I wouldn't beat yourself up for having not kind of seeked help yeah, when yeah. you're at your lowest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's definitely... Um, because for me, with with the... My mind seems to... The way my brain works seems to naturally be um, with these kind of repeating patterns of thought and anxious thoughts and stuff like that. So it actually takes more effort to keep a lid on that. So when you're tired or you're worn down or whatever and you just put up less of a fight um and then it you you go with it and it'll obviously it's unpleasant but you just don't feel like you can um do the things that at least i don't feel like i can do the things i normally do to to keep it kind of at a certain level um where i can deal with it but um yeah but i I find in a perverse way not perverse is the wrong way word but like in a kind of kind of sick way it's more uh not sick either man that's so extreme what is what i'm trying to say ironic maybe i don't know but it's it's more appealing just to give give in and go with it like the idea of 
putting a pizza in the oven or going for a run, like the pizza you know <laughs> isn't going to benefit you in the same way, but like short term, it's like, oh, fuck it, I'll just do this and have a beer. Is that, that's a shit analogy. But well, I just like, I've... <laughs> but, 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 I don't think, you're, uh, you're always um, sort of self-editing, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. because, because maybe you're worried that, um, like, this is just your experience. So if yes. that's how how you feel about it, I mean, no, I can, I just feel as if I can do so much better than pizza overrun. I mean, no, if you want a pizza, I, I, have a fucking pizza. Is I'm what not. I'm, saying. I'm not sure you can do better. I think it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's a really good idea. If in a future episode, one of the official episodes, we mm-hmm. kind of get in more in depth what one another kind of experiences day to day. Yeah. Um, because I find that the part of the reason that I bothered even seeking help in the first place was hearing word for word someone exp- explaining what it is I have lived with yeah and yeah as I said a, a weight being lifted from my shoulders yeah and uh you you get like a, a language that you can use to to talk about it and yeah and, exactly and, and think about it as well so you can understand it in a in a different way um, yeah. And that's another brilliant episode we should do where we talk about the vocabulary of it. You and guys then you can understand are in for a treat people. in the future. Oh, this is me uh, giving teasers for well, future episodes. Well, these are episodes, cheeky like, little teasers, aren't they? This is a cheeky little teaser. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's another thing we should say to anyone listening to this. What we're going to do each week is we've got an email address um, yes. that you guys can contact us on so that if there is any questions or ideas of conversation topics or if you'd just like to share your own experience yes. then you can fire them over to us get in touch uh the email is contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com simple that's contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com uh if you missed that that's contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com <laughs> yeah just one more time just <laughs> And you might not have heard me say, but it's... <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it from you one more time, please. It's no, contact. No. <laughs> how's your week been, George? Um, how's my week been? Shall I tell you what I've been fucking knackering myself out with uh, over the last three weeks, which has been a right laugh? Yes, please. Is, um, I'm deciding to wake up at kind of 3am um, and just stay awake till kind of 6 or 7 that's nice. Um, and then the alarm goes off at, you know, eight, and it's like, oh, wicked, wicked. I can't wait for this. <laughs> yeah, man. What what um, happens when, because um, I, I have had lots of experience with b- bad sleeping patterns, hmm. um, so what time do you go to bed? Can I just quickly say before we go any further, I remember when you first started experienced, um, experiencing the really shit sleep. Yeah. And I remember you had talked to me about it, and I couldn't understand it, man. I was just like, well, like honestly, I was just like, what, what do you mean? Like, just you're tired, isn't it? Go sleep. You you, you go to bed and like, Have so a what, what are you say? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, but I just like not. I could understand that other people would struggle with sleep, but I hadn't experienced that in the. Slightest. Well, I'm absolutely um, delighted that you finally have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was always, mate. I like to think I was always supportive, no, but just in my head, I was like, I can't imagine yeah. that. Um, what time do I normally? I'm normally in bed by about ten o'clock, but then I will normally I'll read 
until kind of 11, half 11, 12. So you have a... And I kind of like... Yeah. You have a few hours of sleep before the the 3 a.m. wake-up call. Yeah. Um, And then the rest of the night is kind of... Yeah, and normally uh, it will last between kind of two hours minimum. So then I'll get back to sleep at five, which is almost bearable. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you get three hours either side of the, the you know, the fun little wake up. What do you um, do during the wake up? And um, <laughs> um, so it depends. What like so the previous two weeks I've been learning to drive on this intensive course so I was doing kind of four or five hours a day with an instructor Mm -hmm. and so that meant I had to be up at a certain time each day and you know needed to feel that I was alert and yeah you know with it um and on two occasions I had to cancel you know it'd get to kind of six and I'd send the text then and be like not I'm really sorry but I just you know, I know how tired I am at the end of the four-hour drive, and if I start... Anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, whereas, say, last night, it happened, and I just... I just went with it. Like, I had some bread and butter, had a glass of milk. So you don't... Um, you don't lie in bed, tossing and turning, you you get up? No, well, I do, I do. And that's that's the thing. Last night was the kind of breakthrough night where I was like, do you know what? I had a training session with a personal trainer in the morning, and I just want to caveat that by saying next year I've got a project that I'm committed to that involves a certain amount of physical fitness this isn't me kind of I'm not getting ripped I'm just trying to get my (laughs) general health up to a certain level um and I I did the exact same thing so when 6am rolled around or it might have been like 5 I just texted him saying really sorry mate but I'm gonna have to cancel the morning Mm -hmm. um and then once I'd sent that text, I instantly relaxed. I was like, okay, cool. I can just, this is fine. I yeah. can do this. The, the thing that puzzles me is I'm, I'm busy most days. I, like I'm kind of at my happiest when I'm busy. And I don't like, I don't know. It's not like I'm living this mad lifestyle. But, um, I mean, a lot of this stuff is not necessarily... Uh, rational um, no because uh, no. obviously part of the reason you were probably confused when I was telling you about this stuff is because you, you'd think you're so exhausted so you should be able well do you know sleep. what I used to think th- th- like when you would talk about it um, to me was knowing that you weren't in the best place mm-hmm. I would I, I assumed like that must be exhausting enough just to like even if you're not like having really beautiful dreams and nice snuggly sleep, <laughs> it's enough just to kind of pass out at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, but it was, um, but, it but was it's not more... because what happens is you you wake up and your first thought is the kind of thought the you went to stuff. bed worrying about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had this um, lovely phase of uh, uh, sort of sleep paralysis, so I would. Oh, mate! It's. I, I really recommend it to all you listeners out it's there. It's the worst thing. Yeah, I think it's probably it's probably the worst sensation I can remember having. Um, so I would wake up. Um, well, no, that's I suppose that's the point. I was sort of awake, but I couldn't move at all, um, and I would be trying to like scream, and my mouth was not moving, and. And I was living alone at this point, and 
it was just completely terrifying and it would happen um it, most nights and eventually i would be able to move but i would be full of this like horrible adrenaline fear yes. stuff um and i just wouldn't be able to sleep for it i i had to get out of bed because my yeah, body the bed was, was just... the bad place where yeah. it was happening yeah. I don't, like for those um so historically sleep paralysis was always illustrated as kind of being this nymph woman sat on someone's chest yeah um and I wish not not the kind of nymph woman you'd want to sit on your chest the kind of like more like a gargoyle made out of stone and it's because the feeling is like you're you've got this pressure on your chest Uh so you physically can't move and you're trapped somewhere between REM and your conscious conscience kind of being yeah, your conscious mind. Am I mind. saying the right word? Conscious mind? Yes, your conscious mind, that's it. So you're trapped somewhere between the two. So you are seeing your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Your, your eyes are open and you are seeing your bedroom, but you're still in this dream state where whatever kind of demons were in your dream have been invited into the reality <laughs> that you're seeing. And it's the most confusing and terrifying thing imaginable. Yeah, and... Um, it, 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 because even when it stops you're so completely freaked out by this thing you've just gone through I used to when I was living in Edinburgh on my own and this was happening it would happen most nights and I would just go out at like four in the morning and walk around until like Starbucks or something opened because I just couldn't be a like oh, on my own in my flat and that went on for ages um so what i'm saying is i've i've made this about me and brilliant we should perhaps return to your current sleeping problems um my well, one piece of advice and i don't have much advice i have because this is just a, a i never really found that many ways of dealing with it but i do think the worst the worst nights were when I stayed in bed and desperately tried to like summon yes. sleep because that's never going to happen. Um, even if you get up and, um, well, you said you had some bread and butter. I think that's good. That's a good call. <laughs> Doing something like that. Just get out of bed for a bit. Get out of that space where you're maybe not feeling very relaxed. Um, and usually for me, that would at least make me feel a bit a bit better um and make sleep more likely um i would often fall asleep on the sofa or something because i got out of bed but yes better than nothing yeah Uh but then like today i got to the studio and you're just you're rendered completely useless it's like you're you're like someone will say something to you and you'll hear it and you'll understand it and you'll kind of on autopilot yeah. respond. Yeah, that and synth then, sounds wicked. Yeah, and they'll they'll start acting to what you you know on what you've just said. And then you catch up. And with then reality. you kind of catch up. Yeah, and you're like, wait, why are we doing this? Yeah. Or like, oh, when did this happen? <laughs> and yeah, it's it's just not great. Well, I found on the on the tube on the way to the studio, I was reading, and I was. 
understanding what I was reading, but I realised that the page I was looking at was just blurry. Like, well, I wasn't actually looking at Focusing, it. yeah. 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 I mean... Bizarre. Sleep... Uh, you heard it here first, guys. It's very important. <laughs> yeah. And That's why we started this podcast. We want to start a revolution <laughs> yeah. where we start spreading the good word of ZZZ. Um, I always say if you're in the like if you wanted to mug somebody, the best place to go you always is like, say he, this. Uh, no, I well I always think this. If I was to like if you want to go and mug someone <laughs> go <laughs> go to arrivals at Heathrow Terminal Five. Oh yeah. And like, wait for the long haul flights to come in because <laughs> those people don't know what's you could literally go up to someone and be like, Hello mate, I hope you had a good flight. And could you just pass me your wallet and your phone? <laughs> and then your your loved ones are just over there and they'd be like, Yes, yes of okay. course. Um, one second. Yes, um is that everything you need? And then they'd walk over <laughs> they'd be met by their loved ones, hopefully. And um <laughs> Yeah, and then a few days would pass, and they'd be like, "Why was it again?" I, I yeah, handed over my belongings, my belongings to that young, yeah, <laughs> to that young singer songwriter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to George Ezra. <laughs> Why did I give my phone to George Ezra? Well, you've just reminded me that I've got a flight tomorrow because I'm I'm coming back to the UK briefly. Um, I'm not the world's best flyer as an anxious no. man, um, so. I'm looking forward to it. Um, a few months ago now, many months ago, maybe, um, you started your first kind of run of medication. Yes. And your flying experience the last time you came home, you said, was marginally improved. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, okay. Everything, I mean, it, my personal experience with the medication I'm on, which is like, a, um, it's an antidepressant, um but it's very it's effective for anxiety um overall it's been a very positive experience uh and i remember i was supposed to come to the uk in january or something and i think we had plans to meet up and then i just i got on the plane i was sweating my little cagatillo off and and then uh you know obviously i'm not blaming this poor person but this uh a woman who was also having a, a panic attack came on the plane and was sat at the aisle you know across from me and she was hyperventilating and i've got to say you didn't help me love um no but of course not her fault at all but i absolutely f- fed off her energy and i just got up and said to the person, uh, to the flight attendant, I'm leaving. I feel very ill. I hadn't realised that you had got on the plane. Yeah, they were, they were closing the doors. And I think that was what really sparked... I like, a bit like sort of Indiana Jones, where he's he's trying to slip under the, the <laughs> And closing. you just got your hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reached back in and grabbed my hat. Grabbed your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just... Um, that was quite a bad experience, so then it put me off flying for a little while. But uh, the past few times I've been... And I, I went on a long flight to California and back. Um, and I got through that, so I'm sure I can get through this two-hour um, one. Yeah, and part of the reason in my... You know, from where I'm standing, part of the reason that we started this podcast was because, for me, that was a bit of a wake-up call of... Well, hang on, George. 
you're going through things that you could do with talking to somebody about that you know. And I only found out about a week after, because I knew you hadn't made it to the UK because we were meant to meet up. Um, but it was only a week or so after that you explained to me what had happened. Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh, we should be talking about this more regularly. Yeah. Um, because... And while we're at it, why not try and monetize the loving conversation? Well, that was that my first instinct. You, you said it to me. You said, Ollie, <coughs> you're, you've been my friend for a decade now. I really care about you and I'm, I'm worried about you. And I said, yeah, 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 let's talk money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and on that note, actually, some of you may be aware, I'm, um, I'm not on tour at the moment. And something I don't talk to publicly about is I made some pretty shoddy <laughs> investments over the last few years. Yes, and, you um, may have seen the, the energy drink. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, so if there is any companies out there, startup companies or other, um, that would like to kind of sponsor this, yes, um, from please my, reach out. From my position, um, you know, I'm just saying to all the listeners out there, tell your friends because we're yeah. all in on this. We've both got <laughs> yeah. a lot to lose. And if you just want to sell a tape five pounds into a card and send it to P.O. Box... <laughs> <laughs> when we were younger you could buy you'd buy an album and it would be like in the pull out sleeve it would be like oh and if you want a poster of all of the previous albums yes. released by whoever just send to P.O. Box what was that man yeah and and it, or like you could join the fan club by sending like a postal order or whatever to yeah. a certain that's very I mean I reckon there was just like dodgy managers with as I said with five pounds in envelopes just like, oh, brilliant. yeah <laughs> could be um but yes so we we sort of realized that we were going through certain things um we were both experiencing things to do with mental health and men in particular young men are very bad at talking about these kinds of things and all I can say from my perspective is that I'm very glad we started to talk about it more because um, we had a little period where we stopped after doing it for a while and I definitely felt worse than... Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, now we're getting back into it. Um, I'm very pleased. It's it's something to... Yeah, man, and I I would echo that every time because it's just something in the week to look forward to that is and I, I mean this as well, that outside of me and you talking, I think it's, a, even if there's one person that listens to this and goes, oh, I'm going to ring a friend or I'm going to yeah. send a message to someone, then what a beautiful thing. And yeah. I would urge people to try and do that. Um, and I hope that, you know, if you've listened to this and enjoyed it, that you hit subscribe and meet us here next year. We can't say for sure when they'll start rolling out weekly. Yes, but, but at some point the plan is um, we'll be releasing them new episodes every week and we'll be sort of discussing our weeks, the ups and downs and continuing to touch upon the stuff we've talked about here, mental health issues and as George has teased sort of about five or six <laughs> episodes, um, we're going to have to go back and work out what exactly yeah. those were. 
Yeah, I've made a lot of promises. For though, for anyone that hasn't, well, for people that know me, what, what I tend to do is um, I'll be having an interaction with someone, and something in the back of my head will be going, "How can I please this person? Because wouldn't it be lovely if this person saw me as a good person?" And then they might ask a favour, or I might just suggest out of thin air, "Oh, I can sort you out with that," and then. <laughs> I either forget or I wake up one day months later and go like, oh, you fucking idiot, George. So, yeah, um, please hold me to all of those episodes that I've teased you. Yes, email in contact at phoneafriend.com if there's anything in particular you're... No, 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 no. Alert, alert. Alert. Contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com. Oh, God, we said it eight times earlier and I still don't Yeah, and you don't want some... Because phoneafriend.com might be... I don't know, that could be anything. That could be the kind of thing you find in a phone box in Soho. Yeah, That could be Russian spyware. So, yes, be careful. Don't send an email there. Although we're probably going to... Or any nation spyware. I'd just like to say that could be spyware (laughs) from any nation. Okay. Any nation spyware. Any of those other nations that have all their spyware. Yeah. Um... Yes, well, thank you very much. And Ollie, thank you for this week. And I will speak to you next week. Speak to you then. Bye. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.